one of the things that I think is so incredibly important is people have to set vision. They have to know what that vision looks like for their business, for themselves in their life, and also for their customers. Like who are the customers that they want to work with and what are they going to need from them in the future? And I see too many people kind of making it up as they go along. And without that vision, it's your vision is going to change and evolve. You don't have to have it like set in stone or know exactly, but you should know enough to know that the decisions you're making and the things you're investing your time and money and energy into are directionally correct with where you want to take things. And I see a lot of people not do that. And what ends up happening is they say yes to all the things. They say yes to all the people. And they ultimately never find the success that they're looking for or they burn themselves out in the process. Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where career and business women operating in traditionally male-dominated spaces come for advanced conversations to accelerate their journey towards success. You'll be inspired to abandon all paradigms around money, influence, lifestyle, and achievement so that you can create your own rules. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan, international lawyer and leadership coach for women. Are you ready to unleash the leader within? Let's get into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by the Driven Woman Leadership Circle. This is for women who have arrived at the place in their life and leadership journey where they recognize that they could use some additional support. However, You may not be at the place where you are ready to invest in private one-on-one mentorship. So the membership for the Driven Woman Leadership Circle allows you to receive trainings that will propel you to the next level while experiencing uh, coaching within a group setting. To learn more about the Driven Woman Leadership Circle private membership, you may go to the show notes. And I also invite you to visit my Facebook group. Join me over there. So it's facebook.com forward slash Driven Woman Leadership Circle. And you'll also have an opportunity to learn more about uh, the training opportunities. And you will also get to experience the community that I am gradually building over there. P.S. If you love the show and you would like an opportunity to become one of our production partners, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee forward slash Sophia Bryan. And if you visit the show notes, you'll also see other ways that you can become one of our production partners. Hey there, Driven Women. I have another amazing guest for you today. And she is a lean business consultant who helps growing businesses achieve more by doing less. I really like the sound of that. (laughs) She does this through a combination of strategic planning and lean business practices. She's known as the business optimizer and has the ability to quickly quickly cut through the noise and focus on optimizing the core things that will make the biggest impact to grow and scale your business. I love that. (laughs) She's the creator of the Lean Out Method and the 90-Day Lean Out Planner. She's been helping businesses achieve accelerated results and increase profitability for more than two decades. 
Make welcome my guest, Krista. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really <laughs> excited to be here today. You are welcome. I didn't want to butcher your surname, so I left. <laughs> I <didn't say> <laughs> Please, so you can say your full name for us. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Krista Grasso. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. What I like to start off the episodes doing is to ask persons to speak a bit about their childhood and how that has influenced the work that they're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, I'm the oldest. I've got a brother and a sister who are younger than me. And, you know, it's, I think my childhood had a really big influence on what I chose to do with my life and the person that I am today. But we grew up without a lot of money, honestly. And that generated quite a bit of stress in the household. But it was something my parents tried really hard to hide from us. But, you know, kids always know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was really interesting, like just I, what I loved so much and what I think I learned from that experience is no matter how tight money was, no matter how stressful things were, my parents always had that will find a way attitude mm-hmm. and they would do anything to give me and my brother and sister what we needed. They would pick up extra shifts or work more or mm-hmm. they were very resourceful and they always tried to find a way. Mm-hmm. And very early on to me, I just learned that money gave me freedom and independence. It let me take some of that stress and burden off of them so they didn't have to worry about me. And it also gave me the ability to kind of do and invest and make decisions that I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. And so I knew going in just very early in life that I wanted to make my own money so that I could have control over my life and never feel as though I needed to do something for someone else because they had the <laughs> the ability to say, no, I'm not going to buy those shoes for you or that yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I think that just my childhood very much gave me that hard work ethic that always find a way. It's possible. It's not about the resources you have. It's about the resourcefulness. Figure it out. Um, and trying to never put myself in situations where my options were limited and kind of just having control over my own life and my own freedom. Mm, wow, that's so powerful. I'm always amazed about the fact that, um, you know, per, I, I interview people from all over the world and it's amazing how we're able to connect with each other because what you just said resonates with me so much. Um, and I'm happy that, you know, the not having that much propelled you to become more independent rather than the opposite, which, you know, sometimes that's what not having that much leads persons to becoming, you know, kind of this victim sort of attitude um, Mm -hmm. towards life. So that's amazing. I definitely connect with you on that level. Did you go straight into, did you do business school or was it as a result of having a career early on that led you to eventually uh, start working with entrepreneurs? Yeah, I always wanted to have my own business. That was something I knew and I I wanted to do something creative. So I started off in college as Mm -hmm. a fine art major. Okay, interesting. (laughs) I ended up graduating with a business degree. Um, And so somewhere along the line, I thought about this and I was like, if I'm really going to do this for a career, if I'm going to run my own business, I better figure out how to run it like a business and not Mm -hmm. just how to make my craft all day. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so I got a business degree and I started working. Um, I got a consulting job right out of college um, and started working in a company that did lean and lean manufacturing, mm, okay. which I just completely fell in love with. I both loved consulting and I also loved lean. And so my path ended up going a little different than I expected. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be doing photography and all of this creative work. And I ended up going down this very consulting, manufacturing, lean path. Um, and then after after a few years, I did start my own business and I started a jewelry business called Chris Cara, which I still have today. And I struggled a lot early on. I made a lot of mistakes. And while the mm-hmm. business degree was great, it did not help me to avoid exactly. all of those early yep, mistakes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I, I did law, um, but one of the uh, courses that I took up was entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship. And our lecturer at the time, he was, he was the type of person that expected us to teach ourselves, basically. So at the end of that course, we all felt like we were just ready to start our own businesses and then being forced to kind of jump into entrepreneurship myself. I realized that what we're taught in school is very different from the real world, right? So <laughs> it's so true. Uh-huh. And I mean... Realistically, I almost put myself out of business um, with some of those early decisions. And Mm -hmm. I saw so many other businesses around me actually go out of business. Mm. And that led to a lot of what I do today. I mean, I think one of my big missions and drivers is I want to help people avoid a lot of those mistakes that Mm -hmm. I made. But ultimately, I want people to be focused on and to build sustainable success Mm. and to not keep being on like the revenue roller coaster of, oh, I sold Mm -hmm. this. Great. Now what do I do? Mm -hmm. I want people to really be building something that's truly built to last and a business that they have confidence is going to be around for as long as they want it. Mm, Awesome. So what are some of the mistakes that you see people making early on? Two of them, two of the main mistakes that you've identified so far. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I think is so incredibly important is people have to set vision. They have Mm. to know what that vision looks like for their business, for themselves and their life, and also for their customers. Like, who are Mm -hmm. the customers that they want to work with and what are they going to need from them in the future? Mm -hmm. And I see too many people kind of making it up as they go along. And without that vision, it's your vision is going to change and evolve. You don't have to have it like set in stone or know exactly, Mm -hmm. but you should know enough to know that the decisions you're making and the things you're investing your time and money and energy into are directionally correct with where you want to take things. Mm. Um, And I see a lot of people not do that. And what ends up happening is they say yes to all the things. They say yes to all the people. And they ultimately never find the success that they're looking for or they burn themselves out in the process. Mm. Yep, I can attest the burnout. Um, So you're in the service-based industry and um, I... You know, a lot of persons going into it, they need advice. And I think many entrepreneurs recognize that they need advice early on. And there have been people that, you know, you sometimes turn to the wrong people. Like I remember, this is many, many years ago. Um, I I was like, okay, how do I do this thing? <laughs> and then in Jamaica, there was someone that was, you know, highly promoted, you know, they were in, in your face often and I reached out to the person and um, I, you know, I saved up the money for a consultation and then when the person asked, you know, what's your vision and mission, 
Um, and I shared it. They were like, well, that's what we're trying to do. And I'm like, <laughs> so, <laughs> and, um, so I, and granted, I would have had to complete a questionnaire prior to uh, meeting with this individual. And so they could have identified where our businesses, where the nuances were. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't think I really got value for money because the person was so focused on the fact that, you know, maybe what we wanted to do was a bit similar. And so years going forward, I, you know, knowing what I know now and doing more research, having more skin in the game, I realized that I I basically paid for nothing. And so uh, what do you have to say to persons who are a bit scared to invest in getting a consultant or coach like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's really disappointing that you had that experience mm-hmm. because I think a really good coach, honestly, isn't of a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. anyway. And they would have said, great, there's more people who are trying to achieve the same mission and message mm-hmm. that I'm trying to get out into the world instead of seeing it as a negative. And I think that's something you want to look for, honestly. Um, a, when I'm looking for a coach or when somebody is, I always say, make sure that that coach has a coach um, mm-hmm. because... To me, somebody who values coaching and is coachable is usually much better able to coach somebody. (laughs) Um, So that's one thing I would say. And make sure it's somebody that you really resonate with. Mm -hmm. You don't, you want somebody who has the proven success that you're looking for, but they don't necessarily need to have done exactly what you want to do. Right. You just, it doesn't have to be exactly your industry or exactly step by step. They've done what you want to do, but they had to have some sort of proven record of success that aligns with the type of success that you want to have. What do you say to, um, in terms of, you know, a lot of people look for social proof. Mm -hmm. Um, How much emphasis do you spend on that? Because sometimes, you know, people can get raving reviews and they're not necessarily a true reflection of like what they're about. Like, is there a way to dig deeper than that? Um, Because some people really, they really don't know what, what to look for. Yeah. I mean, I think the reality is this. Anybody could write absolutely anything in an Mm -hmm. email or on a website. Mm -hmm. So if you can find true social proof, somebody has a screenshot Mm -hmm. of a post, um, you know, something, a comment that somebody left on social media or something, or if it's a product-based business and you have a verified review where you could see the little verified mark that shows that somebody actually bought the product, right? Mm -hmm. It's as much as possible, you do want to be able to see that. The reality is there's limitations as a business owner. It's very hard for me to show social proof sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have to copy and paste something mm-hmm. that somebody sent me in an email. Um, but if any chance that you can get, look for a video testimonial because that's a real person actually leaving mm-hmm. that testimonial. Um, and depending on what you're thinking of doing, especially if you want to join like a group coaching program or something like that, they'll usually have you connect with somebody who's already part of the program if you want to. Mm-hmm. So you can talk to an objective party who's part of what you're considering to get their experience outside of it being a sales call. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for sharing that. So we're in the midst of COVID-19 still. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think uh, no more than ever, persons are really looking into finding ways to tap into their skill sets 
and their talents. But at the same time, people, some people are very much scared of what's to come. Uh, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs as it relates to what, you know, there being opportunities in 2021 and beyond in spite of COVID? <laughs> you know, I think the one blessing that COVID has given us is the opportunity to kind of reflect on what actually matters to us and what doesn't. Mm. And I think that's probably the single most important thing that you can do is there are more ways to achieve success than you could count. There is no one way. And I think that you just need to really think about what would success look like for you? Who are the customers that you would want to work with? What would you want to do all day long that would actually fuel you and that you think, you know, other people would resonate with and would really, you know, solve some sort of problem for them or give mm -hmm. them whatever opportunity they're looking for? And I think you have a unique a unique reflection point to really go in and say, this is what I want and I don't have to do it any way that I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. Um, and in a lot of cases for people, like for me, I used to travel every single week. I'm obviously wow. not traveling right yeah. now. So I have time I didn't have before. For mm -hmm. other people, they have less time than they did because mm -hmm. kids are home and things of that nature. But kind of look at your scenario and just try every week to invest in some sort of self-development that's going to help take yourself or your business to the next level or to help you figure out what it is that you want and who it is that you want to work with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, perfect. Uh, how easy was it for you to identify your key target audience? <laughs> I've had so many different target audiences. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being there. in... Being a jewelry owner and a jewelry designer, jewelry brand owner and designer, right? I started off working with creatives. Mm -hmm. I started off working with other fashion brands and other accessory brands. And what I help people with is lean business practices and strategic planning. Mm -hmm. And the people who want to plan least in the world are creatives. <laughs> right? <laughs> so they may need it, but it's not something that they wake up in the morning and say, gee, I really want to build a process flow and create a plan today. <laughs> Um, and so I evolved that over time. And now I work with coaches and consultants and service providers. Mm -hmm. um, and that wasn't where I started. Um, it just, you know, I think that if you don't know your target market, you just want to pick something that, again, feels directionally correct mm -hmm. and start working with those people because you are going to discover throughout the act of doing instead of the act of trying to figure it out. And that's how it's going to evolve. But yeah, it's I've been through many um, evolution and I've been working with this particular market for years now and I love them. But mm -hmm. this was not where I started. <laughs> yeah. And what I like about your journey or your story is the fact that you've actually been in the trenches as you know trying to sell a physical product um of course and so you know you have you're able to look at things from the perspective of someone who has been running the business actually been inside of it and then from the perspective of provi providing strategic direction so I think you've had the both the best of both worlds and that puts you in a great position to really be an awesome coach and consultant for you know, people trying to do the same thing. I noticed that you're married. And um, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, women, uh, somehow family gets tossed in the back burner. Mm -hmm. How were you able to prioritize that? How have you ensured that your family life doesn't deplete 
because of your entrepreneurial pursuits? Yeah, I will say, honestly, it takes effort and it takes Mm. commitment because I was not always able to balance that really well. Mm. Early on, especially when I had some of those rough years early on in my business where I mentioned I made some of those mistakes, one of the things that I sacrificed quite a bit was time and quality time with my husband. Mm. And money was tight, so things were stressful. And it just we've had some rough patches that were a lot related to the business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it took us a lot of kind of working through that and being able to separate the two and being able to make time together and that time together being this is not time to talk about reference do anything business related this is time for us as a couple um and that was something that was really important and it took us a while to figure out um but you know it's you do have to really make a commitment to that and put a lot of intentionality behind it because it's easy for your business to become all-consuming. And if that happens, you kind of lose the purpose of going into your business in the first place. Mm, Exactly, exactly. Do you guys work together at the moment? And no, he did come on as a partner in Chris Cara for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And we realized that that was not a good move for our marriage. <laughs> so, <laughs> he now consults um, as well with a, with other people that I consult with. Um, okay. But we do not do any business related stuff together. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, I know of other couples that do it. And so I'm always, I'm like, how do they do it? <laughs> because <laughs> we tried. <laughs> I'm glad you guys figured out what works. (laughs) All right. We are talking about systems and strategies. And so I noticed that one of the things that you promote is a planner. Uh, And, you know, so how do we even use a planner? How do we maximize on it? Uh, Especially when we are doing a lot of the strategic planning on our own as business owners. (laughs) Absolutely. And so... I will give just a general tip about planning and then talk about how a planner can support that. Mm -hmm. But I've talked about that vision already. And so when you have that long-term vision and you kind of know where you want to go, you need to look in my perspective at 90-day chunks because that's a Mm. really great amount of time to make pretty significant and meaningful progress in your business, but not so long that something feels um, unattainable. And so I like to set 90-day goals Mm -hmm. and to make sure that those goals are in support of that longer term vision Mm. that I have. Um, But then beyond that, and this is where I think a lot of people make a mistake when it comes to planning, is you really want to make sure that the activities that you do, either the projects or the marketing campaigns that you're putting in place, or even just the things that are on your daily to-do list, all of those should be in support of hitting your overall goals and your sales and growth targets. Mm. And that's where the planner comes in, is I think you want that planner to actually track it because if you take the time to write it down, for those of you who are pen and paper people like me, right, get a physical Mm. planner. For those who are digital, find some way to track this electronically. Um, But write down what you're actually going to do and try to keep it lean, right? Just look at those things that are really important, your highest priority priority things in the things that are going to make the biggest difference and actually help you to achieve your goal and be really intentional with your time and don't um, overwork yourself and overload yourself. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm hearing the part about not overloading and not overworking, but how exactly do we achieve that? Because 
Um, and especially when you're so passionate about something, it's really difficult to remember, okay, I need sleep now. What are, the, <laughs> what are some of the things that we can put in place to ensure that we get the most out of the 24 hours we have each day? Absolutely. So there's something that I talk about all the time that I call the time pie. Mm. And so I think you need to figure out what are those things that are important to you um, outside of your business. And so Mm. for a lot of people, that's their family is a big piece of their time pie. Um, Self-development and self-care may be a big piece of their time pie. Some sort of fun, doing things that kind of recharge them. Um, Maybe community, right? Everybody has different things. And I think you need to figure out what are those things for you? And what do you want your pie to look like on a work day? And what do you want your pie to look like on a non-work day? Mm. And the reason I like the time pie concept and like I have people actually create an actual pie chart so they look Mm -hmm. at it visually is because it makes it really obvious that when you on a work day that you said you were going to work eight hours, you work 14, you are very clearly taking time away from something else that you said was important to you. And so I think you just have to get clear on what's important and then you need to just really protect your boundaries and know that every day is not going to be perfect. It's not going to look like the ideal day that you outlined. Some weeks and months aren't going to be anywhere close to what you outlined. But when you look over the course of that 90 days and you try to look at that longer horizon, what can you do to constantly keep things in as much balance as is reasonable, right? If you have a big launch in your business next month, Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be a business heavy month leading up to that. Maybe you can put a little bit more emphasis on self-care and on family time the month after that. So I think you can, you just have to be very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talk to us about scaling secrets that you found work uh, with businesses as they're growing. Absolutely. And so I think as businesses scale up, there's a couple things that you're going to need to make time for. Mm -hmm. Um, A, make sure that your business is lean, right? So you're really just focused on those things that you know are going to add the most value for your customers and the most profit for your business. But the other thing that you need to do is you need to carve out space for innovation. Okay. And I think you have to have, I know some people call it working on the business versus working in the business, Um, but you need that time to not only do your strategic planning and to really think about what's next, but you need that time carved out for innovation where you can experiment with different things and try new things and run through different ideas. And you just need space for creativity where you're not like, heads down, hands on keyboard, (laughs) working nonstop. Um, You need that space to really imagine and start to put in place what's next so that your business keeps growing and keeps staying relevant. And you may even be introducing things to your customers that you know they're going to need that they don't even know they need yet. Mm, Okay. Uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have a sort of aversion to marketing their business because of fear that, okay, I may be too pushy, I may be in people's face a bit too much. What would you say to persons who have an aversion for marketing, but also recognize that there is a need for it? 
So I think it's really important that you establish your point of view. Hmm. So what is that thing that you are passionate about, that you believe, um, that you could talk about all day long, and that you think is going to make a really big difference in the lives of whoever you're targeting? And I think you want to be talking about that and putting that out into the world all the time. And you're yeah. doing it from a place of service, right? Mm. You're helping somebody by sharing your message. And I think that's how you want to look at it. You really yeah. want to look at it as I have this knowledge or this experience um, that can make somebody's life so much better or help them reach their goals so much faster. Um, and you want to put that out there as much as possible. And, uh, you know, if you don't want to be selling all the time, which I'm saying in air quotes and you can't say, <laughs> um, <laughs> is, you know, at that point, that's where just, you know, Make sure that you are putting that invitation out to work with you and to purchase your product and to hire you um, where it makes sense. You have to do that in your business because you putting it out there, they will not just automatically come and invest in you. You do have to ask for the sale and for people to work with you. But if you lead with service and lead with value and share your point of view, when you do that ask, it's not going to feel salesy to people. It's going to feel like the invitation that you want it to feel like. Mm. And then too, with that uh, point of view, as you, you put it, um, it also gives you, in your own mind, you feel like I'm giving people an opportunity. I'm not begging or I'm not pressuring them to do something that they don't want to do. You know, if they see the value, I'm putting it out there. And so it, I, I think that that idea, it, it, it feels a lot better than just, oh, I'm selling something. It's an act of service. Um, yeah. yeah, I really like that. Okay, so I can't allow you to leave <laughs> um, without talking to us about um, your planner and uh, how do you think adding a planner to our businesses can help us grow? I think if you don't have planning as a regular practice in your business right now, it is something that you definitely want to carve out space for. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I help people with and that my planner does help you with is if you take the time to build a 90-day plan, mm -hmm. you should be able to do your daily planning in only 15 minutes. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, and you should be able to do your weekly planning in less than an hour. Okay. And you don't need to invest a lot of time in planning when you do it consistently. Yes. And when you have that clarity around your vision and goals, which is what you're going to do on a 90 day basis. Mm. And so I call it the 15 by one model. And my planner does help to support that. But I think having a plan is so important. But what you don't want to do is spend so much time planning that you're not actually implementing mm -hmm. your planning. <laughs> yes, because sometimes after doing that session, um, you feel so accomplished and okay, <laughs> ready for the day to end. <laughs> yeah, the plan does not implement itself <laughs> right but yeah planning I think is critical and whether you buy a physical planner or find some way to do it you know online um, I do I do truly believe though the act of writing it down that's why I created a physical planner instead mm -hmm. of a digital planner there's something about that that just it helps with motivation and it helps with commitment um, but it's, I would definitely say planning should be a regular part of your practice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and how do you think that, how, how would you suggest that a coach or a consultant tie that into their business? Does it have to, to relate specifically to, um, like a signature offer or can it just be like a standalone product? What do you think is the best way to incorporate a planner? 
Yeah. So one of the things that I'm seeing and that I help people with, because I think it's just such a smart move in Mm -hmm. any business, is if you have a signature offer or if there's Mm -hmm. something that you do on repeat with your clients, there's something Mm -hmm. that you're known for, if you could take that and create a physical product like a planner or even a workbook or a journal or people call them different things, but if there's Mm -hmm. some sort of physical, tangible product that you can have that complements that, your customers will absolutely love it. And it really does help to differentiate you in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, it helps your clients actually stay accountable and get Mm -hmm. better results because they are more likely to follow through when they have that workbook or planner or something to fill out to complement what they're doing with you through coaching or through whatever group program that you have. And it provides you a great opportunity to be planting the seeds for what's next so that they then kind of take their transformation and their results to the next level and invest in your next level offer. Mm, Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know that everyone that listens to this episode would get significant value um, from these suggestions. This is, you know, some really good aha moments are coming out here for me. Um, is there any author that you love? Is there a book that you're reading currently that you'd like to share with us? So this is my kind of classic that I always talk about, but Gay Hendricks and the Big Leap. Oh my um, God, I love that book. I yes. Really, yes, I love that book. Yeah, like, go ahead. <laughs> everyone should read that book. <laughs> that book is incredible. Um, and everyone should know what their zone of genius, I think, mm-hmm. is. But even for those of you with teams, it's really great. I actually buy all of my team members um, when they join the team, the book. I buy all of my coaching clients the book. They get two books from me when they sign on to work with me. They get The Big Leap and they get profit first oh um, my god I also read I think I need to revisit both of them um mm-hmm. I started to implement some of the things with profit first and then I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit so <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I, yeah yeah okay awesome mm-hmm. before you go I'd love for you to you've you know mentioned it a little bit before but what keeps you driven Honestly, I just want to see people be successful. I want to see people be able to do what they are passionate about and actually build a business that lasts around it. And other people's success is what makes me feel successful. Mm. And so that to me is what drives me. Like I want to help as many people as possible to actually build that successful business and figure out how to do it in a way where they still make time for the other things that are important to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we certainly don't want to you know, wait until we're five or 10 years in before we realize that, okay, family is certainly important and love life is important. Taking care of our pets is important. It's not just about the business. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. All right. Thank you so much, Krista. Um, I know that my audience will get a significant amount of value from this conversation that we've had. I want more persons to see the value of getting a coach and realizing that you don't have to do it all alone and it's certainly worth the investment. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for being so open with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I loved being here today. You are welcome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Driven Woman podcast. If you received a value from this conversation, I encourage you to share it with a friend and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews allow other driven women to benefit from the amazing conversations that we have over here. Follow the show on Instagram at Driven Woman Podcast and on Twitter at The Driven Woman Show. Until next time, stay driven. Thank you.